0: This is The PR Pod, the podcast that brings you expert tips for working in PR and finding your niche, with your host, Brooke Burns. Welcome to The PR Pod, the essential podcast for public relations professionals. If you're hoping to be promoted to an account manager role soon, want to find out what is expected of one, or are already an account manager and want to know how to get a competitive edge, this episode is for you. I'm joined by Amanda Little, who has been running PR training courses in Australia for more than a decade to help emerging PR managers and leaders accelerate their careers. One of Amanda's most popular courses is how to be a star account manager. So I've asked her to join me to share her insight into how you can really make a mark in this role. Amanda, welcome to the PR pod. Hello, Brooke. Thank you for having me. So you've been doing these courses for just over 10 years now, I think. Um, And prior to that, you've had... I think well anyone would consider to be quite a stellar career in the PR in PR. Um, but you have been a PR agency. You were at Berson Marsteller in Sydney and Canberra for a decade. You have worked at PPR. You've been a managing director at Hill and Knowlton and Adelman. What kept you in PR agencies versus working in house?
1: Well, I just loved it. I mean, I loved it from the get go. I loved the um, the vibrancy and the dynamism of a, of an agency and the variety of work and Sure, I was approached several times, but it never really I never really sort of loved the company like I love the agency and I was fortunate mm. working for you know some of the agencies I worked for were very good to me, um, which is I guess one of the reasons I'm do the training now but in terms of um, helping me to learn things, offering me opportunities um, Yeah. So the career development to me was always very important and just the learning. And I think in an agency that to me, that was the best place to learn.
0: And what made you do the transition to setting up your own company to run these training courses?
1: My daughter um, started primary school and I found that running a big agency and having a a primary school aged child uh, as a sole parent, I just found that the two weren't terribly compatible so um, I thought maybe after about 25 years in agencies, I thought maybe it's time to do something different. And um, and I thought I'd just start with the training because I knew that there wasn't much available for people and I knew there was a big need for it. Uh, and I've been doing it ever since. And then um, uh, the other side of my business is kind of mentoring for agency leaders. And the phone started ringing because people started ringing me up and saying well what do you think about this and can you help us with that and so that's the other part of what I do.
0: And the mentor side of it for PR leaders is that in terms of their businesses and, and in terms of growth?
1: Uh, well at the moment I'm doing the Agency Leader Club which focuses on growth and really being that person who talks to the agency leaders and helps them grow their business and it's also a group environment so they're able to talk to their peers. and I also knew that there wasn't much of that available for people who run the agency. So that's kind of yeah. the other end of the scale, if you like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. From start to, well, not the end, but the um, yeah, yeah, the more senior end, from junior to senior. Uh, look, I know um, every account manager role in each agency would be slightly different in terms of their responsibilities and how you transition to that account manager role is also very different. You, some agencies may just have account executive roles and they have account manager roles. Others may have senior account executive executives and then junior account managers before you become an account manager. So with all of that in mind, what are the main differences between a... A role prior to an account manager being an account executive senior ex- account executive and an account manager what changes in terms of the uh the expectations responsibilities well account executives and, and and any
1: in any band within an agency the senior is that job with more experience at a slightly higher level so there's a band of being an account executive and in that band you are you are doing the work that people give you you're very task orientated you're producing a lot of work, doing a lot of work. The big shift uh, with moving into account management, and it is a big shift, it's a big jump, and that's why my course, I guess, is so popular. You know, you you need newer skills, other skills, and it's really about doing work, but also managing work. So it's quite a big shift to be, and I sort of describe it as you're starting to look above the parapet. You're starting to kind of see, okay, what's coming down the pipeline? What is the big picture here? Um, You're responsible for more business usually. You're responsible to, you know, and you're more accountable for that particular client piece of business. Um, Yeah, so that's the major difference is you're adding in kind of these management skills. So that's not only management in terms of the client, but it's also management in terms of the team and, giving people work to do, um, helping them do the work. Yeah, so it's a a whole new mix of skills.
0: And I think that client element, uh, that client management element is quite an important one because, again, depending on the agency and your role, you may not have had a lot of direct contact or your direct contact may have been limited to sending around media coverage or those kind of things. And I guess it can be quite an intimidating experience now being perhaps the point person or the lead person where that uh, that client will now be touching base with you when something goes wrong. Um, how do we fix this? Uh, what recommendations do you have for effective client management? Well, the first thing
1: is that you're a team. The agency is a team. People are buying a team of people, and so you've got to use the royal we. <laughs> Talk about what we recommend, not what I think, because you're in a usually you're in a team. Um, and then the next thing is really about um, staying close to your boss and your team, so that you are not unilaterally making a decision when you don't have the experience often to make that decision. So you've always got to you've got to have some sort of key lines that enables you to check with your boss, um, perhaps check with account the accounts department if it's about money. Um, and you want to learn the the key phrase I like to teach people is to say, if the client wants something, is to say yes and. So you're exploring what they want without saying yes, without saying no. Mm-hmm. So you're exploring, um, you know, what is it that they're after? How does that change what you're already doing? So that you're not just sort of saying, oh, yep, we can do that without really thinking through whether you can or not. So
0: mm.
1: there's, a, there's a kind of... A, you know, a a new level of complexity where you've got to manage a whole bunch of sort of things that mean that – and it is a steep learning curve. Yeah, I can remember. (laughs) I can remember myself just being completely – for about a year I was like, ah.
0: So overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. And I think being informed um, is such a core part of it and you touched on this and, you know, you may not be as informed as one of your managers – but you can be as informed as you can about the team that you're working with. And so, you know, it comes back to setting up those regular meetings so you feel that you're across what your account executives or, you know, anyone that's working with you on that on that um, account, whether they're more senior or more junior, it being informed enough any one time versus not having the information, clients coming to you and then you having to fumble around or take a few hours or take a few days, um, which then comes back to, I guess, setting up, those processes and I guess that admin side of management which is not just client management but it is also team management and task management Um, and I really enjoy that side of things for me I've always really loved that that kind of um, I guess the admin side of of managing but for some people that can be really tedious can't it? Yeah some people it doesn't come naturally I would say
1: One of the biggest issues for both account executives and account managers is getting the information they need to do the work. Mm. And, you know, you might come onto the account, it's already been set up. You've got to go internal in the agency and you've got to extract that information from someone else. You've got to ask to look at the, the original plan. You've got to talk to the person that did the new business. You've got to get that information out of the, your colleagues in the first instance. And then if there's not enough information to do the particular task, you've really got to go to your boss and say, hey, we don't have enough information or there's something missing here and we need to kind of talk to the client about that because the client's always going to be the expert in their business and we've got to extract the information we need from them. And sometimes we don't ask for it and we can't do a good job. I mean, I I can remember trying to write press releases and thinking it was my fault or I wasn't smart enough or clever enough or ringing enough journalists or whatever. but basically I didn't have the enough information or I didn't have enough understanding of the client's problem uh, or challenge or brand to to do a good job. So so I think that's really important. And then I think also you've got to get on top of what you, you know what you were saying, you've got to get on top of the systems because the larger the agency, the larger the group, the team, the more systems you need to manage the work and the bigger the client too. So you've got to have, those systems have got to evolve over time. um, And really they underpin the work because you're on track, you know what's happening. um, And I'm not a systems kind of person, but I've learnt to be, I've learnt to be uh, someone who pays attention to detail. I hate detail. But
0: (laughs) But I'm the opposite. I love detail.
1: (laughs) So I'm a big picture person. But anyway, so, um, uh, yeah, so, so they're the things you've got to kind of make your habits, even though they may not be your particular habits. If you're a detailed person, one of the things you probably need to sometimes do is to look back at the big picture, is to say, okay, I'm, I'm in charge of all these trees. Let's have a little look at the forest. What is actually going on here? Because particularly with a big account, you can get kind of lost in the the do and not see the iceberg that's coming towards you. I know that's mixing my metaphors. But, um, you know, account managers have a very important role because they're day-to-day and they see the problems first. And one of their responsibilities is to raise that with someone, is to say to their boss, hey, this is what I see happening and always give the evidence to your boss. Here's what I suggest. Can I talk to you about it? not just flicking them an email. You need you need to get their attention. You need 10 minutes face-to-face or on the phone uh, at the minimum to to sort of say, okay, we've got an issue here. What do we need to do? Because, you know, you're always going to have problems. Things are not just going to smooth. <laughs> but it's how you deal with the problem. Mm. It's saying, I've got a problem. Because, look, a little problem dealt with early is much better than a big problem that just grows and grows and grows. And... and uh, you know, uh, going back to the iceberg kind of metaphor. I mean, I've been on the bridge of the ship where we've been going towards the iceberg and we haven't had time to turn the ship around, you know. Um, And, and look, these things happen, you know, and we we, we are going to make mistakes. We're going to, you know, that's what's going to happen. But it's how we respond to it, rather than having a nervous breakdown, is going to someone and saying, hey, this is what's happening, what can we do about it?
0: Yeah, it's this pivot between not just being reactive, which is what you probably have been up until being an account manager. Largely, people ask you to do things. They delegate tasks to you. You do them. Um, again, depending on who you are and, and, and your role, um, there may be a lot of initiative that you've already taken. But certainly, when you get to that account manager role, you have to be very proactive in being able to, like you've said, identify issues. Um, and I think you know, you touched on another really good point there in terms of you know the the strategy or the detail side and the creative side as well um you need to understand who you are and where you're i don't think weaknesses is the appropriate word but um what what areas are not your strength i suppose which essentially is a weakness but um you know for me you know i sound like i'm the opposite for you that uh, yeah. opposite to you i love the detail side of it i'm always asking why are we doing this what's the best way to execute it what timeline do we need to work to um And so I, you know, especially in my business, I work on my own. So I have to, I still have to be creative. I still have to have those big ideas, but I have to, I have to think about how I can do that. I have to allow myself enough time to be able to do that. It may take you 10 minutes to come up with a couple of great ideas and it might take me three hours. Vice versa, someone who is on the big picture side of things needs to then teach themselves, what do I need to put in place to be more detail oriented because it doesn't come naturally to me.
1: Yeah, and we all have strengths and the areas where we are not as strong are the areas for our development. Yes. Because we tend to live with our strengths, but the areas where we're not as strong, they're the ones we really... Because we need actually all of those skills to be a leader, to be a good manager. Um, so, and you touched on another thing that's, I think, very important is how do we respond versus react?
0: Mm.
1: um and if you think about reaction, reaction comes from the old brain, the limbic brain, the reptilian brain, and it's very instinctive. The, and often, the, often our reaction in a very vibrant, dynamic place will be the stress response where we kind of go into fight or flight. What we need to develop is a sense of the res, responding to a situation And we get that from the neocortex, the front part of our brain, which is the newer brain or the executive brain. And it's got the ability to say, okay, let's just step back a bit from my emotion and just kind of go, what's going on here? So you go into what we call the observer self. And look, In all agencies are pretty, you know, they're stressful, but most of the time it's good stress. But occasionally you can tip over and that's when you go into anxiety and reaction and... It's very hard to see your way out. So you've got to recognise that and pull yourself back and kind of go, okay, I need to take a little bit of time out. I need to sort of look clearly at this and think, have a bit of a think about it. So so that's going into that observer self to say, okay, I'm feeling very upset about this or I'm feeling anxious. Why? What is going on? How can I, um, you know, how can I reframe that? You know, and if you think about... Um, people who work in medical situations um, they do this they get trained in how to do this because they have situations that are very you know um, well,
0: they're life and death aren't they <laughs> life and death PRs not that um,
1: but but um, but I do notice I do notice that you know and you've got all the I think because you know compared to when I started in PR uh, I mean I used to come back from a meeting and I'd get little <laughs> Message slips because somebody had rung me up, (laughs) you know, and then I would return their calls. Yeah. Um, but I'd still get stressed about that, but um, because I was so keen. But it's really one of the things I think today is we've got um, you know, twenty four seven stimulus, and we don't with you know um, you know we've got in our we've got in our pocket. You know, more ten times or a hundred times the power of, you know, Apollo Eleven. When you think, of, you know, the computers that um, our phones are extraordinary sort of machines, really. Um, and it would—it's good to have a break. It's good to have a break to let our brain relax. And the more you can learn that, the more you can adjust to enjoy the stress rather than have it get you down. So. I talk about that a lot in my courses because I see p- people and I know what I did myself. I mean I know I kind of I learned those lessons the hard way so I try to sort of help people with building their resilience because I think it's a big it's a big issue to stay uh, not to burn out to stay in a job that you love and to kind of thrive in it and enjoy it
0: yeah. And you know and it does take time to to understand what triggers you and what triggers me or makes me anxious or stressed or angry is very different to you and many other people. So you need to understand what puts you in a state where you are not able to do your job effectively. And how do you prevent yourself from getting there or how do you diffuse that situation? And, you know, that does, you know, that's very hard to do within the first couple of years of your career. You need to have, I guess, enough experience in those situations, but start taking those mental notes of, hang on a second, I've just got really frustrated with a team member. What made me frustrated about this situation and how could I manage that differently? next time i guess that self-reflection is a really important part yeah Yeah. self awareness
1: yeah Mm. even the fact that you're feeling stressed or you're feeling angry you know sometimes we don't even know that's how we we kind of go where did that come from Mm. so it really is self-awareness
0: and that people management not just client but also in your team um that can be really difficult i remember when i first started managing as well i had someone i worked with who worked in a very different way to me that processed their emotions very differently um and I found that really challenging because I didn't I didn't know how to motivate them. I didn't know how to get the best out of them. It seemed like we had a relationship where, you know, we liked and respected each other, but for some reason there just was this massive disconnect between, um, b- between me being able to get them to do the best of of what I thought they could do, and and you know, obviously what they were required to do. What's your recommendation for management and and leadership? Mm. Well, what happens in a lot of
1: organisations, including agencies, is you're good at your job and you get promoted and you get to be a, a manager of people <laughs> and you very rarely get any training in how to do that. So um, I think it's really around understanding yourself and understanding other people and the more, which is about building your self-awareness. So the behavior, um, psychologists talk about the news of difference and that is that not everybody is like me and that's that's a big concept Um, and so the more you understand yourself the more you understand the difference between you and other people that other people might have a different approach they might think differently about it they might communicate differently about it i have used a lot and i became accredited in it when i first started um, uh, my business is uh, the disc model Um, which is a behaviour preference indicator. But basically what it says is um, what are your big picture behaviour traits? Um, And it sort of works on extroversion, introversion, fact-based and feelings-based and a combination of those. But it's a very, I find it's a really good tool just to help people appreciate, okay, this is where I kind of sit in that, on those continuums and this is where my colleague or my uh, boss or my client sits and this is how I might adapt my behaviour to work more effectively with them. Because what we sometimes do with without awareness is we, we just do more of what we, we think. It's like we start shouting. We kind of do more of what we do because they don't understand us and in actual fact that's part of the problem. So... So um, Simon Sinek in his latest book, he talks about a, um, uh, a great story about um, doctors, you know, a couple of hundred years ago, they were really uh, worried about how women were dying um, as a result of childbirth and they were getting this infection and, um, and they couldn't work it out and they studied it and studied it. Anyway, it turned out that, that they were actually the problem they were doing post-mortems in the morning of the women who died and they didn't understand germs and germ behavior. And then they were delivering babies and they were actually, they were actually passing. So, you know what I mean? So often when you've got a problem, well, sometimes we see it as the other person. We don't kind of go, well, how am I contributing to this? What am I? um, So that's, again, that self-awareness. And look, you never stop learning this. You learn this. I mean, I've, I still learn things and I still go, oh, that's interesting. How did, What happened there and why did I why was I a little bit sharp or why did I kind of answer the way I did you know look my view is you keep learning this all the time so I mean I went through a period where I I read a lot of pop psychology I mean I still read a lot of articles about the psychology of management and um, how you work with teams how you work with groups um, because that's something, you, you know, you never stop learning.
0: And you shouldn't. I mean, like you said, you know, you've been doing this for far longer than I have. And I've been, you know, and I've, you know, I've been doing it for 20 plus years as well now. So it's, um, I learn so much from just doing these podcasts with people. Yes. You know, yes. I don't, I can't tell you how many media releases I've written in my life, but I remember chatting with someone about a media release. So I thought, hang on a second. That's a really great way to go about that. I, I yes. don't know why I haven't been doing that before. Yes. So yes. I think you have to be a, a sponge. Um, yes. In terms of, uh, I guess, a leadership part of it, uh, its delegation is such an important thing to try and master. Not try and master, you really have to master it because project management is very difficult if you've got a team of people and you are not able to delegate out. Um, but understandably, like it is for the majority of us, it can be really hard to relinquish control on something that you are now responsible for, can't it? Mm. Yeah, look, the
1: big... big mistake that a lot of young account managers make is they delegate when they should be supervising. And really the measure is around not the person's competence, but the person's competence in that task. You know, do they know how to do the thing that you're asking them to do? Or are they learning that as a new task? And if you think about the progression of um, a career, You know, account executives, senior account executives, they become account managers, they become senior account managers, you know, account directors, etc. And they do that by helping the people below them to learn the task that they have mastered so that they can move on to more uh, complex senior tasks within their job band. So if you're not helping other people to learn the tasks that you've mastered, you're not able to grow yourself. So because we all want to be stretching, we just don't want to be on the, you know, the cliff face of Everest while we're doing it all the time. We want, but we want, everybody wants to grow. So everybody wants a sort of a, a good um, trajectory when they're growing. And if you're in a role and you stop growing, that's when you've got to say to your boss, hey, um, if you're sort of plateauing, you've got to say, hey, I need some more things to do or I need to do a course or because that's when you start to get a bit bored and then mm-hmm. you sort of drop off the other edge. Um, you know, if you've ever had a job where you, and it's not in PR, but <laughs> if you've had a job where you've not got enough to do, it's, your behaviour actually goes backwards, you know. Yeah. So, um, so you want that stimulation. Uh, so you want to be teaching, but you can't teach people all of the things all of the time. So you've got to pick your kind of the things that, you know, you delegate a task to someone who knows how to do it. Um, but if you just delegate something to them and th- hope that they're able to do it, that's, and that's when you end up getting rework, where, you know, so I talk about, in my courses, I talk about delegating with quality to make sure that the person has got access to you, that they've got an interim deadline, they can come and show you an outline, or, you know, even better, you can show them best practice, you can show them, okay, here's a leading example of what I'm asking for here, it's, it's this style or it's... So they're not kind of just sitting there with a blank page. They kind of go, OK, that's the style of thing or that's how the report needs to be set out. Um, those little things, um, even getting the person to feedback how they're going to approach the, the task, you know, the first couple of steps, that makes a huge difference to the person's success in doing that task on time. Uh, and you've got to remember too that people that are more junior will tend to say yes to everything. So a big part and then they get over overwhelmed because it's got too much work to do. You know, we've got a finite number of hours in a day. So a big part of the account manager's role is to helping them for themselves but also for the team is helping them, them to prioritize. Because um it's not really about people talking about time management. That's forget about that. Time management was developed for a factory where you started here and you ended there and everything could be managed. You know, you started with a bunch of bits and you ended up with a car, you know, a day later or whatever it was. Um, in agencies, it's re- the priorities are changing all the time. And how do I reprioritize How, don't I, how do I negotiate those priorities? Um, and it can be difficult for juniors to kind of... They get asked by different people to do stuff and if they don't say something to someone about that, they're going to get caught between those two people. So... Uh, so how we, how we delegate, how we manage, help people to manage their workloads is really critical in terms of getting good work done and, and also giving the other person an opportunity to rework it. So if I don't tell you I've got a problem with it, I'll give it to you at the 11th hour. You'll make the changes and said to the client. So I don't learn much apart from being very stressed. <laughs> so, yeah. so whereas if you say to me, show me the outline and I show it to you, you say, try this, try that, rewrite this bit or do some more research here I learn so much more so and I get you get a more effective kind of um, job finish so yeah so those things make a huge difference in um, in just the flow of work
0: Mm. and you know you mentioned there about um you know, the time it takes to do tasks. And I, that's an, another one of the responsibilities is, and again, depending on how your agency is structured, um, you may need to keep projects um, or accounts, you know, client accounts to a certain number of hours. You know, the agency agreement may be that you're servicing 20 hours or 60 hours a month. Um, and if you are um, delegating tasks out, like you've said to people who actually have never done them before and then you are then having to spend extra of your hours trying to teach them or they're spending more hours on it because they didn't have enough information to start off and that starts to either chew through hours um, or uh, it means that your I mean, your time on both accounts is um, is not being used particularly effectively. In terms of, I guess, that management side of things when it comes to a client Project proposals, budgets, etc. Is that something that account managers generally are responsible for, or is it does that sit more on the account director side of things in terms of, you know, I guess being part of prospective client meetings and putting proposals together and budgets for for new clients?
1: Well, it, it, putting together budgets and things is something you start learning at that at that level as account manager. Um, you're not that competent in it because they're kind of complex sort of things to do but certainly in terms of managing a budget that's Mm -hmm. something you do need to focus on so that if you well first of all you need to know if there is a budget (laughs) and and how um, relevant it is Uh, the allocation of people doing tasks and management of capacity is an account director kind of role but the account manager really has to understand the budget and understand where the time is going and keep an eye on that. And part of that is being transparent with their internal boss about how that time is going. So, for example, and uh, it, different agencies like to record the time differently. It may take you more time to do something because um, you want to invest a bit of time in the client. So it's up to the agency how that, how they report that time in timesheets and how they um, talk to the client about that. So um, it is something to kind of be transparent about, but also be transparent with the team because often people will have different things in their heads about write down, writing down their timesheets. You know, people hate timesheets. Timesheets are our friend. Absolutely. They really help us. So... Um, and look, you know, if in doubt, you ask someone. You know, you can say, okay, well, we've got twenty hours this month for this particular task. We've spent fifteen, and this is how it's going. So it's kind of flagging up. Uh, how do you want me to treat? How do you want me to treat the time? How do you yes. want me to write it down? Because it's sometimes they want you to put it on the timesheet. Sometimes they want you to put it into client new business. Sometimes, you know, it's really up to the agency. It's not something that you can decide. Often as the account manager, but mm. um, the main thing is to is to record it somehow, so we've got that as a record, and we know how we're tracking.
0: And it's a record of your own time, you know. If you are an account manager or an account executive, you can keep track of when someone says, "Well, you know, what actually have you been doing this week?" And, well, I spent eight hours researching this because it was something I've never done before, or I've never been exposed to, or we the agency didn't have a list for this, so um, it's it it's a fantastic tool to make you accountable as well Mm, very much so when it comes to I guess the creative side of developing tactics and I think we've kind of touched on this a little bit um there's opportunity throughout I think whether you're a junior or senior person to to come up with ideas and tactics is there anything that you should be more mindful of as you hit the account manager role when it comes to putting forward tactics for campaigns well, I think you've got to develop
1: your creative side and you've got to be looking, you know, you've got to be an idea hunter. You've got to be looking all the time for ideas or um, twists on what you're doing, um, creative solutions. And I think that comes from a really solid understanding of the client and their marketplace. And really thinking about that, tossing it around, um, Having effective brainstorms, uh, I, I'm always, I'm, I'm a big proponent of having, understanding the strategy first, so having a kind of a strategy brainstorm almost before you do the creative. Um, you know, I've had <laughs> a lot of experience of, you know, we have a brainstorm and then we kind of try to retrofit the strategy to the idea and then we end up, we divide up the proposal and then we have to do the whole thing all over again. So yeah, a lot of time gets wasted if you do it that way. So I'm always a big one for really researching and understanding the client's challenge first and then um, figuring out what the strategy is and then doing the sort of uh, creative. But look, that creative um, muscle is something you can develop. There's lots and lots of ways to do that. There's lots of books and there's lots of packs of cards. But, it, you know, it, again, it creativity comes from a clear mind. It comes from a, a mind, you know, if you look at, and I actually, when I did my master's, um, my MBA, I did a thesis on um, create, managing creative professionals and I studied, you know, the creative process is you do all that preparation, you have a think about it and then you get illumination, which is the sort of, you know, is the brainstorm. And, and that's where you get that idea, but it comes from having thought about it. It comes from the preparation and the research, and it comes up as a bubble, and then you kind of toss it around, and then you verify it, and then you kind of end up doing it. But it's really giving yourself the time to reflect, to um, even overnight, it's good to sort of okay, that idea is going to kind of swim around um, in the back of my brain, is going to be kind of working on it while I'm asleep, and and I will have read the brief for the brainstorm, and then I'm going to have the brainstorm. Mm. But then it doesn 't stop there, you know you might keep thinking about it um, and and tossing it around but I, I think it's something that can be developed in anybody. I think it's a matter of um, allowing you you know allowing yourself a bit of time to sit around and not sit around without having done the preparation, but just to sort of toss those things around so you might need and look the the need for creativity in what we do, it, it has really, well, it's always been very, very important, but it's accelerated even further because particularly if you look at owned, um, earned media and media relations, you have to be so much more creative to get cut through. Yeah. You know, you've got to have good ideas.
0: Yeah. And I think it also comes back to um, always thinking about the, you know, the why, you know, why mm. is this, why would this, or why and how, like, you know, Why would this be a good tactic or an idea? Uh, How is it going to meet the goals and objectives? Just because it's a fantastic, and I've thought of wonderful ideas before that are hugely creative that I think would really benefit clients, but that's not what they have employed me for on that particular campaign. Mm. They're not interested in that target market or they're not interested in, you know, um, on creating something that creates a mass buzz. They really want something that's really targeted or niche. Mm. So I think it also comes back to, thinking about what the goals and objectives are of that campaign um, and obviously the budget as well. Again, I've thought of fantastic ideas, as I'm sure we all have over the years, and um, they just can't be executed in the way they need to be because they just don't fit into the budget. So Mm. um, Mm. even if you've got fantastic ideas, you still have to keep them within the framework of what is Mm. going to be relevant to that client. Mm.
1: But sometimes you can have a big idea... And you can nurture it along and it might be something that gets implemented later.
0: So I wouldn't mm. just, you know. File it away. I mean, this is what I do as well. If I come up with fantastic ideas, I just put a note to them and they're not used for whatever reason because there may be a client in three months' time or three years' time and I think, hang on a second, I, I, I worked on something that I think would be really relevant here. Mm. Um, or it may be that the client loves that idea and they can do phase one of it in this campaign and phase two in the next campaign and, um, so yes, I agree, It's, it's don't throw them out. Nurture them, nurture them. We've had a little bit of a chat about um, working with um, employees or staff members, you know, either more junior or more senior than you that may be uh, challenging. When it comes to journalists and clients, you know, I'm sure I can speak for you as well, that we've both dealt with clients and journalists that have been particularly unpleasant over the years what advice do you have for people that are um in those situations where they are either being um, spoken to uh, poorly or inappropriately by a client or they i guess um are are in a situation which is uh, new for them Mm.
1: well it's going to depend the situation is going to hinge on different factors So the first step is really just take a step back and have a look at what might be going on. Often, someone is difficult to deal with because they have stresses that are nothing to do with the work that you're doing. So I often say to people, don't take it personally, You know, because it might be nothing to do with you. (laughs) It might be that, as you say, they've been dumped into a job which is way above their competency level at that time. They haven't got the resources on their side. all kinds of other things are going mm. on with them,
0: or a PR so, agency that they've dealt with before, a PR consultant that, for whatever reason, didn't work out. So now they're entering this relationship with, you know, being on the back foot.
1: Yes, yes, they've been burned or whatever. So, yeah, don't take it personally. Step back and have a look at the big picture as to what is going on. Um, talk to your boss about it. Um, you know, it may be that you may need to get your boss involved. Um, it may be that. Uh, it's a highly, uh, you know, often, um, well, I have had situations, as I'm sure you have, where it becomes a highly political situation, and the account manager is a person who can get caught in the middle of that, so you don't you don't want that to happen. You want to involve your boss. Um, it may be that your boss has to come to meetings. It may be that your boss talks to their boss, whatever, you know. Uh, and the other part of it is, which I kind of learnt almost intuitively, is about holding your value because what we do has a high value and that's why we can charge you know fees for doing it um and not to be intimidated and this is difficult when you're young and and that's why you know you you are young you are you know relatively you know young in your career so you're not expected to know everything you're not expected to be Um, you know, have the gravitas that your boss has or the the big boss has, you know, that that develops over time. So you do your best within what is expected of you and you use the, um, you know, use the agency to... Not use the agency, but um, ask for help. You know, if if, um, someone is being um, unpleasant... Um, I had a situation once and the person was overseas and um, we were doing phone calls. It was usually when they had finished work. They might have had a couple of uh, beverages, shall we say. <laughs> and we switched, we switched from the phone to the video call. And it was completely different because the person could see us. Uh, he was at home. He had his dog there we got to know each other. So part of it sometimes can be we haven't built the relationship. Uh, and I think that's, that's a big part of the account manager's role is to build the relationship and to, um, to, to look for ways to do that with the client contact, but also that's a big responsibility of the account manager is to find ways for the broader group to meet each other so that you don't just know that client service, the client, you know, the client's boss, you know, who works for the client, you know, the client's peers, your boss knows their boss, you know, so that you've got this range of um, relationships, you've got a matrix of relationships, really.
0: I couldn't agree more with that. And I think the other thing that I really try to apply in those situations, which are quite um, tricky, is trying to distill what the facts are about what has transpired, you know, um, and your facts, may not be known by the other person's facts you know i know i've um i had a particularly explosive uh conversation with someone from their behalf they were very explosive towards me and um and obviously in the time and in the moment that's very difficult when someone's you know yelling at you and Mm. abusing you for you know not doing something that they thought you should have done etc um and aside from the actual management of, of that situation at the end of the day i had to walk away and go right what are the facts of the information? You know of the situation. What have I done? Is there something that I haven't done, or I've, you know, have I forgotten to tell someone? And maybe they don't know all the facts of this information. So wherever you can, um, especially if you're getting something that's a bit accusatory, I try and go back and say, "Here's." you know, without being so blatant and saying, here are the facts of the situation, but here is my understanding of this. This is what I have done. This is what I was asked to do. This is when I did it, blah, blah, blah. Um, If you can spot any areas that you could have perhaps done something differently, acknowledge that. But I find sometimes that puts people, you know, um, on the back foot they go oh, okay okay you have that you have handled the situation correctly or appropriately it's just i didn't know you had done any of that and maybe that's a reflection that moving forward you need to increase your communication with that client um you know and i've had that with um with chefs before you know being hospitality based some chefs don't want to be spoken to at all they just if you need something from ask if not and others want to be across all of the information all the time so whoever it is that you are dealing with or managing you need to find out what makes their life easier do do they like Mm. one email a day that summarizes everything that you might need from them do they prefer to know information as and when it pops up um so I think going at it with that approach of um you know from the from the start understanding how people need to communicate with each other and that goes with your management you know with your bosses above you what what information do they need from you and when um, and then, when you are in those situations, try and distill the facts down um and like you said earlier, cause sometimes it's not personal, and that particular person that you know had that um are quite under a lot of stress quite themselves. vile yeah communication with me um yeah, he made a lot of assumptions, and I also knew there was no point me trying to um to clarify those because he was not in a in a in a state where he could have absorbed all of that, but again, at the time on the spot being screamed out on a phone call. Um, it's, you know, when yeah. that happens to you the first time, you, you don't have all that information or you don't have those answers then, yeah. but...
1: Yeah, well, part of um, Star Account Manager is, is dealing with conflict. Yeah. Um, and what I say to people in that situation where you've got somebody yelling is you can use a conflict resolution tool called affirmation. So you can say something very simple and it's really the formula we use for standby statements. You know, I can understand why you would be angry or frustrated. Let me, let me check what's happened and I'll get back to you. You know, because you can't engage when someone's in that sort of heated state, you can't engage with them at that mm-hmm. time. Um, and it's a little bit like the, the, you know, the blind men and the parable of the blind men and the elephant. People only see the bit they've got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they've got the tail. I think it's that they have got the tusk. They think it's that they've got the, tusk, they um, they've got the leg. So, so so you can have miscommunication that's caused it and you can have other things that are exacerbating their mood and their pressures on them that that you're not aware of so it's good to be able to step back and go okay let me check and I'll I'll give you a call back um the exception to that rule is if somebody's being very like very abusive mm. I think you've just got to kind of say well look um uh I will you know, I, I I don't think now's a good time to talk about it. You just very just politely kind of yes. yeah. state your case and just say, Well look I'll yeah. I'll well, leave I'm, happy,
0: now I'm happy to discuss this with you, but um it doesn't <laughs> seem yeah, it doesn't seem like this is the appropriate time. So yes. you know, feel yes. free to get back to me when you're well, you know, I can get back to you this afternoon or um okay, so to sum up then, if someone is going for a promotion um to an account manager, whether that's they're staying in the same company or they're moving between agencies um, what are your recommendations to show that person, whether it's your boss or you know a new employer, that you are ready to take on the responsibility of a of an account manager?
1: Well, most agencies will have job descriptions. So if you've got your and you know you have ongoing kind of discussions about your career, if you've got your current job description, and then you can ask for you can ask in your development meetings to say, well, what are the things that I need to do to move to the next level? So you might have, um, you know, most job description might have, you know, five or six areas. So you might be great in one area, but you might need to develop further in the other area in order to move uh, into that kind of account management band. So it's kind of having that conversation with your boss to say, well, okay, what are the things that I need to do to get, To that level and um, you know a good agency will kind of tell you that but also tell you help you how to get there Mm. so it may be that you need to learn a bit more about media or writing or client management or you know whatever so it's really knowing what's required of that next position and and kind of moving towards it I think the other thing is to really be someone who is you know, reliable, consistent, um, enthusiastic really helps. Um, being someone who says, yep, yeah, I'll help with that, I'll do that. Volunteering to do, you know, going a bit, going above and beyond without killing yourself. But but being that person who is, you know, because people often ask me about being visible, that's how you get visible. You know, you're helpful, you do extra stuff, you might do something for the agency, you might... Um, you're just someone who's keen. You know, that really helps.
0: Yeah, agreed. For those who are interested in taking one of your STAR account management uh, courses, um, can you give a little, uh, give us a little bit of detail about, A, when your next course is, and B, what kind of elements you cover within those courses? Well, basically all we've talked about <laughs> today. <laughs> in much more detail. <laughs> um, I guess what I do is I unpack what
1: I know, which is often people kind of they're unconsciously competent about something, but I kind of go back and I sort of talk about the elements of account management. Um, I get people to set objectives um, and tell me what it is they want to know as part of the, the course. So I talk about the account management cycle, I talk about budgets, talking about money, I talk about managing the client delegation and conflict resolution. Uh, yeah, so the next one's on the 4th of... Um, november so that is a online course um uh i think the co- the agency life schools, which is the course before that which is for um uh entry-level account execs account coordinators um that's going to be in person for the first time in a long time
0: yeah that must <laughs> in be Sydney nice on october the 28th yeah Okay, great. Thank you so much for your time and your insight and your experience today. Oh, um, my pleasure. I love
1: talking about it. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Um... And actually, I don't think I mentioned this at the start, but I'd sat through um, one of Amanda's account management courses right when I started my uh, agency because I hadn't come from much agency experience. I'd been virtually in-house for 12 yeah. or 13 years. So um, we had just employed an account manager. So I, I went along so I could have a better perspective on it. And it was really, really insightful. So um, if people are looking to get some... Um, some further um, information um, Mm. and experience and insight, then I would highly recommend doing the courses. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks for the opportunity, Brooke. Lovely to talk to you. No worries at all. Um, And if you would like to know more about Amanda's account management courses or any of her other offerings, you'll find details at her website, which is www.amandajlittle.com. Thanks for listening to The PR Pod.
1: For more expert tips on working in PR, head to www.theprpod.com.